Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options even if you're not a professional. Welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. My name is Valor, and I'm here with Joanne Westbrook and Tifa Snow. How are you doing? Great. I'm great. Wow. It's beautiful and sunny in North Carolina right now. Unlike Florida, it's not sweltering and hot, so I'm happy. <laughs> Actually, it's all the, the oak pollen that we're dealing with oh. right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> When, when the cars have that nice little yellow film all yeah. over them. <laughs> Our day is coming, just not yet. <laughs> oh, so today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic, um, and it's how to help when someone is lost in time or place. Yeah. So for me, this idea of trying to help when somebody gets turned around in their life, um, one of the first and very important things to do is to recognize, wow, they're not in the here and now. Um, they've made a trip. And so what that actually means is that their hippocampus, which is your learning and memory center, has relocated them. Um, the timeline of our life runs like from childhood to adulthood to now. And the problem is with the particular type of dementia the person has or where they are in that moment, there's no timeline. And so they really do think they should be and are in another place at another time. So unfortunately, one of the biggest mistakes I think people make is trying to force them to come back. Because at this point, if I could come back, I would. So how do I ease you back into now? Or how do I support you so you could possibly come back to now and here? And there's a difference between shoving something in somebody's face and supporting them till they can figure out what's going on there. So for me, that's the biggest challenge for supporters is to realize I'm not doing this on purpose and to try to jerk me where you are. It's much easier for you to figure out where I am and come over to where I am so that then together you can help me get where you want me to be, um, which may not be in the here and now. It may just be in a more comfortable place because maybe I can't find the here and now. So uh, an example would be, listen, I'm, I need, I, where is, what is going on here? I need to get to work. They're expecting me at the office or, you know, this is not my house. I need to get out of here. I need to get to where I live. This is ridiculous. I have no idea. How did I get here? This is crazy. I live in Michigan. How did I get in Florida? Who put me here? Because what I'm saying in both situations is, wow, my brain is not able to take in current data and make sense of it. And what it is making sense of is what I should be doing, where I should be, who I should be with, so that I'm just all turned around. So that's where I want us to start, which is the person isn't doing this on purpose. That's the best they can do in that moment. So, Joanne, what are some of the common things you've heard people say or do that, that when we look at it, it's not going to be helpful given what I just said? 
Well, I think the worst thing you can do is, as you mentioned, is to try to give them a reality check as to where they are. Um, and okay. I have seen that quite often, which is frightening uh, to experience because that only causes them to panic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because not only am I lost, now you're angry with me. You're upset with me. And you're trying to get me to do something that if I could do it, I'd be doing it. So now I don't even have a friend or a support here. And this is really scary. So my two options are fight with you or flight from you or just panic and freeze. Right. And that, that's not helpful. So I might try to hide or I might be seeking an exit. And neither of those are a way to go. So that's one. So the idea of arguing with a person. Um, yeah. Other one is to um, what I call, you go ahead and you say that, okay, yes, you do need to get to work. But you know what? Um, they've called from work and they say you don't need to come in. Okay. Now, here's the trick. People start making stuff up. Right. You better be really clear that you know the person's history really, really well, because if you misstep, then they're even more suspicious about you. Because what do you mean? I don't have anybody at work who would call me. Why are you saying that? Who do you, what are you talking about? That's not real. You, you're trying to trick me. Right. So once again, we go to a place of distrust and dislike. Or they might actually believe you, but then they become even more adamant. Well, who called that? Who? So they called and said they didn't need me to come in? That's ridiculous. I always lead that meeting. Who's trying to take over? Who's trying to take over the business? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that, that is probably the thing that would happen more than likely. So that business of telling or basically repeating what they say to you in initially uh -huh. and beginning to talk through, tell me more about that. Tell me what is your uh -huh. job. You know, so in other words, yeah, getting curious about what they're saying rather than trying to fix what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so getting out of the fix-it mode and getting into the, huh, let me explore, wonder what it is they're wanting, needing, or liking about that versus this. Why are they going to this place? What is driving their requests? So if I'm not curious about what's taking them to this place, this space, this time, what I do is I miss the meaning. And the meaning is, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to be here. Or there's something there that would help me. I need to get there. So yeah. two messages. I don't like here or there's something there. So if I don't like here, then we've got to explore about what about being here doesn't feel right. So this isn't where you're supposed to be. So now tell me about that. So this isn't where you're supposed to be. This is not your house. Now tell me about your house and come, you know, like as opposed to this house is what I'm really trying to get at. What is it about your house versus this house that will make you feel safer? That will make you feel more comfortable because once I figure what that is, then I can know how to get it to either be okay for you to be here or, or acknowledge this isn't where you want to be and need to be. Let's go see if we can't figure out how to get you where you want to be. And the thing about a hippocampus, this is the really interesting thing that people tend to forget, quote unquote, ha ha, because hippocampus has helped you remember, is when I change space, I go through a doorway, the hippocampus has to actually pull up a new file. 
and the new file is, oh, we're in a different place. Let me look around here and check it out and see if I can figure it out. When they walk back through the door coming the other way, the hippocampus resets itself and it is not at all uncommon for people to find their place and say, well, why didn't you bring me here in the first place? And the tricky part is not saying, this is where we were. <laughs> Instead of, you know what? I'm sorry, I should have done that. I, I just didn't realize it. But letting go of where you just were to be where they are now, it's just as tricky for us as it is for them. Because it's like, how did she do that time traveling? And it's like, actually, it was place traveling. Because our hippocampuses are designed to get us from place to place. And so when we see the new place, it's trying to figure it out. And so our willingness to let go of what's not working becomes the critical feature of making it work. I like that. It's like the, the ability to learn to let go, I think, mm -hmm. is going to be so helpful in many ways. Yeah, because their brain is letting go. It's letting go of stuff it used to hold on to very clearly. And so, you know, trying to force it to stick in a brain that's got silicone on it or whatever, so it's just sliding <laughs> yeah. off. It's got a non-stick surface. You know, telling them to hold on to something they can't hold on to, it's just not going to work. Yeah. So, But then on the other hand, learning how to let go of something they can't hold on to is a different skill. I, you know, the other thing too, Tipa, and we talk about also when you're in a care setting uh, or a campus, um, it's so important for them to understand their history, to know all about them and what uh, their background is, their hobbies, whatever, because it, a lot of times when these things come up, it seems like that person is bored and they have nothing to do and they're roaming and they're just lost and they have no input and so all of a sudden they're confabulating where they should be right um, so, so yeah, yeah. You're yeah you're absolutely right so if there's not a lot coming in where i'm at then where i'm at isn't going to where going to be where i'm at i want to be so i want to be in a place where i have value and purpose and i have a function and i'm familiar with it and it's friendly and it's forgiving and people want to be in a better place. And if what I'm saying is this is not my place, we should look hard at the place and go, okay, so what's not here that they need? Um, are we letting them spend way too much time roaming about with nothing purposeful? Do we let people go around and around or sit for long periods of time because we're busy? And the answer is all too often, yeah, they have little episodes of activity, but they aren't particularly meaningful, like getting dressed or going to the bathroom. Most of us don't go, oh, wow, that was great. I just got, to <laughs> man, that right. made my day. I mean, oh, putting on clothing. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. I feel complete. Oh, wow, I had a bowl of cereal. Isn't that terrific? And yet, from a caregiver perspective, you know, I just spent a good <laughs> time with you trying to make sure you got things you needed and it's like but you missed some of the most important things I needed which is not getting things done but having something to do um, so you know it's, yeah. it's a little tricky but you know often it does when I start talking about past and other places it means what's happening now isn't working for me um, or the draw of the past is so strong and it could be an emotional experience from my past and we tend to underestimate, I think, what I do pick up on. So let's just say there was something on the TV about, um, you know, a commercial traveling to Europe. And suddenly I'm talking about we need to get to the airport. Yeah. And you're like, 
what are you talking about? Well, the flight's getting ready to go. And you're like, there is no flight. Yes, there is too. So don't tell me there isn't a flight. We're, you almost missed it the last time. And the fact of the matter is you did almost miss the flight the last time. I was the one that got us to the airport on time. So, you know, that little bit of a commercial on TV, people really underestimate what people take in and maybe misrepresent in their brain. So watch the environment because it might give you a clue about what triggered something. And maybe we need to turn off the TV and turn something else on. Just a thought. Yeah, that whole idea of filling the day with meaning has a lot of meaning. <laughs> sure does. So good balance. A good balance is what we're looking for and giving you that opportunity. So does that mean we shouldn't talk about Europe? No. But you know, oh, you know what? I'm not sure. Oh, you know what? I don't think it's today. You think it is. Huh. Well, let's double. I don't see. Oh, you know what, though? Now we're going to where are we visiting in Europe? I can't remember. Let me show you a map, see if it rings a bell for you. Nice. So now what we're doing is looking at a map of Europe rather than trying to make it to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Nice. <laughs> oh. Now you're going to be talking about uh, that topic, how to help when someone is yeah. lost in time or place in a webinar coming up, correct? We are, yeah. We're going to dig into this with some depth, and we're going to have some case situations where we're working it through, and we're going to work on building people's skill. As Joanne said, first you reflect what they told you with the same emotional intensity, and then you've got to be able to be curious and then provide alternatives or options. So that's what we're going to work on, and we're going to work on a variety of options and alternatives because we need lots of things in our toolkit, but we need to know when to pull out the right thing. Nice, nice. And for those of you who want to join, that webinar live is happening on March 11th at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But if you listen to this episode after March 11th, no worries, we're going to have it available as a recording as well. And if you'd like to register, I'm going to put a direct link to it in the show notes. So if you, you can look there or you can also uh, visit the website at www.tipasnow.com. Dot com. That's www.tipasnow.com. Well, thank you so much. I think that was really insightful. It's, you know, it's uh, learning to let go and go with the flow. Is um, Yeah, that's a great way of framing it. And <laughs> recognizing when I'm lost, it's easier for you to come and be with me than for you to try to get me out of the woods with a message. Right. <laughs> Oh. Send me a note. It's like, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Tifa. Thank you so much, Joanne. Um, oh, thank you, Valerie. It was Yay, a joy Valerie. as always. Thank you for to all our listeners, and we hope to welcome you back. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.